What if you really can have it all? No, really. What if everything you think you desire is only a starting point for the life you are truly capable of creating? On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, we will explore topics from magic to practical step-by-step -step processes and everything in between. There's no place we won't go, nothing too ridiculous or weird, in the quest to live life as grand as possible. Hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer are the embodiment of Opposites Attract. Collectively, they're the summation of Megan's big vision coupled with Suzanne's knack of her details. Partnered in love and in business for the last five years, they're taking co-creation to a whole new level. Join Megan and Suzanne for Love, Life, and All Things Weird, where we will talk about living a life that's inspired, overflowing, and completely awesome. Do, 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 do. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Love, Life, and All Things Weird on AZNFM. With your hosts, Megan and Suzanne, and boy, do we have a show for you today, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that we happens. We do. We mm -hmm. do. We do. You know what, though? I really love the change when you were, because you had this group of women that were all witches, so you'd be like, hello, witches. Uh-huh. All the witches in the house. I like that. It's awesome. <laughs> Anyway, I, well, I love I the witches and the bitches. I know. And everything we do, in we love bitches and the bitches. Everybody's welcome on Love Life and All Things Weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know how our producers highlight our brilliant things we say? And so we uh -huh. have witches and bitches on in the chat uh -huh. room now, so we'll chat be room. sure to remember. Yes, and if you guys want an extra party for your listening pleasure and viewing pleasure, come to the chat room. It's a to yes. FM. And click oh the chat gosh. room. We we always love it when new people come to the chat room, and everybody is so welcoming to all of the new people. Oh, my gosh, Keisha just changed her name to Keisha Witch. It's <laughs> 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 the chat room. Keisha, Keisha Witch Producer, PR. Yes. Are, and Lori says that she thinks she qualifies as both, a witch and a bitch. So we're all good. We're all good. It's awesome. So, so yeah, like if you guys, uh, those listening live, like come to the chat room because there's so much fun and everybody's welcome. We love, we like all say hello to the new people and you could ask your questions if you don't want to call in. And it's really fun and awesome. It's just a, it's a community Um you know, so come and join us. It's so, growing all the time. How do they get the there, time. hon? Do you know how they get there? Go to a to zen.fm. Yeah, oh, so okay. it's a2zen.fm, and then there's a red button that says chat room. And you click on that, and you put in whatever name you want, and then you come into mm -hmm. the chat room. We just had Roseanne you join us, which mm -hmm. is awesome, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, everybody come on over. So today, um, we're talking about going from the wounded child to the magical creator. And this is a topic um, that is kind of a part two, because last week, if you guys missed it, we had Dr. Lisa Cooney on our show, and it was, as Megan would say, amazeballs. So... <laughs> That is what I would say. <laughs> you would say that. 
Um, yeah, it was a very potent show. So if you guys um, haven't listened to that, go back into our archives and um, listen to that show. We're actually hosting Dr. Lisa um, in November. We're super excited to bring her here for her signature class, Roar. Um, she's also doing a taster that she's teaching with Megan called um, Creating Yes, Creating Business Beyond Abuse. Um, it's only 75 bucks. It's on Wednesday night, um, the 2nd. And then she's also teaching her three-day access body class um, as a finisher. So um, it's up in Park City, and we have so many people who are interested and who are signing up. Um, we experienced Dr. Lisa in March in Maui, um, and um, and it's an, she's an incredible facilitator for really eradicating abuse off the planet, all kinds of abuse, you know, beyond um, emotional and physical and sexual abuse, but also financial abuse, spiritual abuse. Um, so it's verbal abuse, like all of the different kinds of abuse. She's um, she's probably the most potent facilitator I've ever experienced with regards to this topic, and so. We've been sharing the link to the replay of last week's um, class, and people are who are listening to it even now are like, wow. Um, so we wanted to do a, a part two because, you know, we like to talk about magic. Um, and we've, uh, we had a, um, a class, a live class on Velier Magic, um, where we, a few weeks ago in Salt Lake City, where we were really talking about, you know, as kids, we had, we we just were magic, right? Like, you know, two years old, three years old, four years old, you can see the magic in those little ones. And um, Megan, I'd love for you to jump in and talk about what you what you what you shared with me earlier about um that because the babies because there's so much magic that's often why abuse happens yeah and this is maybe in everything is the opposite of what it appears to be and nothing is what it appears to be um everything's the opposite of what it appears to be nothing's the opposite of what it appears to be moment um that's actually a a great uh tool in access consciousness and it really is about getting out of like how we see things so like in my training in my ptsd training or in rapid eye um uh one of the biggest things that i was trained around is that when people have been abused they generally 99.99999 percent of the time go into the wrongness of them right and like mm-hmm. what's wrong with me why did i get abused there must be something broken because or something evil about me, or that wouldn't have happened. But actually, the very, very opposite is true, which is that um, the magic and the light that we came here with, that we are, um, and as children, we didn't have um, uh, we didn't have the mechanisms and masks of protection over it. It's just was. It's just out there. I mean, that's why we love babies, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, here, let me go. Oh, I just want to look at the baby. I just want to smell his head. I just want to touch a baby. Because there's this, like, <laughs> that is what I do. I know. Just, like, this, uh-huh. <laughs> there's just this emanation of magic, of life force, of um, of light. And what happens oftentimes is people who are targeting, people who 
have been abused themselves most of the time, these are the abusers, are looking to find that light again. They're looking mm-hmm. to find that magic again. They, they crave it. They've been disconnected and disassociated from it. So they oftentimes target um, the, the most light they can find to try mm-hmm. to procure that light back in themselves again. So, you know, a lot of us have this idea that we are broken, and actually it was an indication of our magic. And oftentimes, no matter what we've done to clear abuse, no matter what we've done to heal from it, um, there is a place where we're terrified of bringing that magic back out. Because that Mm -hmm. magic, on some level, energetically, we knew that's what got targeted. And mm-hmm. so we tend to, as people, like as we heal from abuse and as we step out of, as Lisa Cooney calls it, the invisible cage of abuse, and we're going to talk about that in a second, why she calls it invisible. Um, when we start stepping out and stop, start creating our life again and we start opening up these capacities, oftentimes we will, um, there's all these energetics of sabotage around what we're creating. And this is the the focus of the Creating Beyond Abuse in Business that Lisa and I are going to be teaching together. Um, but there's all these places where there's these invisible threads, even when we've so-called healed our abuse, that it's still playing out in the resistance to open our capacities to really be as potent as we are and to really choose the life beyond abuse and into creation. And by the way, boys and girls, we've all had abuse. Like, everybody goes, well, I wasn't abused as a child, right? And it's like, great, awesome for you, and where do you abuse yourself? So every time you beat yourself up, every time you judge yourself, that's a form of abuse. We all have abuse. Anytime you've been judged by somebody else um, and you've been uh, dismissed or uh, discredited or anything like that, that's a form of abuse, right? And so, yeah, I mean, actually, Gary Douglas, his – what he says is abuse is when someone decides that their point of view is more valid than yours. So when someone forces you to be or do or have or receive something that you did not choose, that is abuse. So Mm. it's, you know, when we think of abuse, we think of it oftentimes as really, really like intense abuse, like emotional or sexual or physical abuse. Um, And of course, you know, like there's all of that too. But there are really subtle forms of abuse that um, I would say there's not one person on the planet that hasn't experienced that in one form of another or another. Um, and so Here's, we just want – go ahead. I was um, – a, a form of abuse that isn't talked about very much is financial abuse. Mm-hmm. So when – if you've had anybody in your life that held money over your head um, – that's that's a form of financial abuse. Or when we keep ourselves in poverty, that's a form of we're abusing ourselves financially. So mm-hmm. there's like all these different um, avenues and expressions of, of abuse on our planet. It's so insipid. And mm-hmm. um, that's why we're, we're spending some time over a period of a couple shows. One of the reasons we're bringing Lisa Cooney out is that um, there's an energetic around abuse that, um, she has the. She's got this capacity. She's like a surgeon 
<laughs> she's like a laser mm-hmm. surgeon of finding mm-hmm. those cords of energy. And if you listened last week, you'd probably experience that of just like slicing and cutting that energetic. And a lot of it has to do with awareness, right? It's like I would say that since um, going to Roar in Maui, I've been aware of all the little sort of invisible places where I've taken myself back into the cage, um, where I've taken myself back into um, this sort of uh, protected space, right? But now instead of beating myself up, which is i.e. add more abuse, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what I'm doing is becoming aware of it and making different choices. Maybe this would be a good time to talk about 4Ds, babe. Yeah, well, and I kind of want to talk about the cage of abuse. And on the cage of abuse is Dr. Lisa's, um, this is her material, and she's um, she's given us permission to talk about it. Um, so I just want to um, give that credit um, due to her. And you'll learn more about this in ROAR specifically. ROAR is the two-day class um, that is about, you know, stepping into your radically orgasmically alive reality. And so if you, if all of you are listening and you're like, hey, where do I get information about these classes? Um, you can, they're, they're listed in the replay from last week's class. They'll be listed in the replay on A to Zen in this week's class or in this week's show. And, um, they're also on, um, in Facebook too. We have events. You can private message me and just say, hey, give me information. Um, so they're, it, they're all over the place. So if you can't find them, just private message me and I'm happy to send all that information to you. Um, but the cage of abuse is really sometimes what gets created after we're abused. And you get kind of locked into a cage that where you really become more and more of what's not you, right? And um, and oftentimes that's when you actually go into your own self-imposed abuse, you know, where there's lots of feelings of like worthlessness and repeating patterns of I'm not enough and I'm less than. And there's some specific what Lisa, Dr. Lisa calls pillars of the cage of abuse. And that's when you know you're in the cage of abuse. And those are the four D's, which is denying, right? That you deny that the abuse occurred or you're denying that it was wrong or, you know, you're even denying something that's just happening right in front of you in your relationship that's not healthy. Um, There's also defending, um, which like appears in a, lots of ways, right? Like, uh, uh, like when you're, when you're putting a wall around yourself to try to protect yourself, um, from what's being pushed at you. You know, when you're in an argument with your person and you go automatically in defense, you know that you're in the cage of abuse. When you we, disconnect. We never do that. <laughs> oh no, we never do that. Hardly no, that's ever. Really good. I hardly know, that's ever fantastic. do. Yeah, I hardly ever defend. <laughs> Um, yeah Um, another big one is disconnecting so it's like when you push parts of yourself you know like away from your awareness you compartmentalize yourself you know and as a result you really like neglect yourself or um, and and even just like start not really even value yourself Um, and then disassociating which is disassociating from the experience but also disassociating from your body um, so, um, you create separation and distance and rather than create connection, um, with yourself and with others, then you're really, you know, um, totally separate and disassociated. So 
I mean, just reading this, you know, like the the four D's, denying, defending, disconnecting, disassociating, like I would have to say that that goes on even, you know, like still, even um, in subtle ways, almost on a daily basis, um, you know, for most of us. And um, Megan, would you share your experience? I would, I would love for you to share that if you're willing. I know it's a bit yeah. vulnerable for you. <laughs> Yes, and um, I mean, I've been really outspoken uh, all along about how, like, I thought I was healed from abuse. Like, I've been doing work for 21 years, healing and, like, <laughs> all this stuff, and um, it was really a surprise to me to see how the invisible cage really, truly works. Um, and what I, one of the biggest things, because I'm not, I don't live in that invisible cage really but what I what I do is I kind of go in and out of it and and some of the listeners might relate to this which is that there are these the since doing access there have been these amazing big openings and expanses of energy and possibility and um, oftentimes when we're when we have been abused we're so used to living in this cage that all that space feels really scary. Some of you might remember a, a, a famous book. I actually think it got a Pulitzer Prize. It was by Maya Angelou. It was called Why the Caged Bird Sings. And it was mm -hmm. all about how, like, our cages sometimes feel safer than the outside world. And, you know, on one hand, we all desire freedom. On the other hand, we all desire safety. So herein lies the double bind that a lot of us are in. And um, and so this just happened yesterday, which is that we um, we found an, um, a brilliant genius uh, marketer and back end person, and this is somebody who truly could be a, a huge contribution to our businesses, my business, Suzanne's, and ours collectively, and. Um, He's got all of the capacities that we've been looking for that we haven't, I haven't been allowing uh, because I was scared <laughs> to be that successful. And uh, <laughs> and we had you, a, you? our first, I know, we had our first strategy meeting yesterday and I could feel the expanse of where we're going and what's possible. Mm -hmm. And it was palpable. Like when we mm -hmm. tuned in energetically to what we were creating and the movement that we're creating literally on the planet, um, I, it was um, it was amazing, and the creative mm -hmm. energy that I was in all day yesterday, and that the traction and the and the connections and the forward movement that I made yesterday was really so fun and expansive. And then round about ten o'clock, I wanted to eat the entire house. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> like and it, I wanted to like uh, for me it was like a crunching thing right it was so it was like popcorn all varieties of popcorn nuts anything I could choose and I was not hungry and I just watched myself doing it because my body was like um I'm not really hungry right now I don't know what you're doing <laughs> but it was like I just didn't care Right. And I what was really great, because normally if something like that would have happened um, in the past, which I would, which, by the way, I mean, I don't want to interrupt you, but that really is disassociating like you were disassociating yes. from your yes. body mm -hmm. and not listening to your body. And you were actually disconnecting from parts of yourself and 
probably denying too, you know, like denying that you're, you know, like what was actually really happening. So I just kind of want to point that out to people that this is an example of what we're talking about with those four Ds. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I think there was also some denying there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like it, one of the things that Lisa talks about in Roar is that you deny your physical, emotional, and psychological embodiment. So mm-hmm. that's what I was doing. I was denying my embodiment and I was disassociating from it. And um, it's that fear of being that magic, being that visible, mm-hmm. being that because part partly what happens when we've had abuse is we have to hide that magic no matter what, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And so what was the, the, the thing that was really, really different this time was that I dropped the beat up for my whole life. Anytime I've done that late night eating too much thing, I've just beat the crap out of myself. And mm-hmm. this time I went, huh, isn't that interesting? I had such an amazing day. What was that about? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That was kind of weird, right? And then this morning I just added some more curiosity and I was like, oh, that's what I did. And I had this conversation with my body and I said, body, I'm, I'm really sorry that I disassociated from you, that I disconnected from you, and that I'm afraid of the space and the chaos that we are. And, like, I just had this healing conversation with my body so that I can continue to reach out, step out, shine my magic. And I know that any time I do one of those Ds, that I have gone back into that quote-unquote safe place. And it's not a wrongness. It's just me learning how to live outside the cage. Mm-hmm. So I want we're going to need to go on break here, and I, while we're on break, I want you guys to start um, seeing for yourself. Like, can you identify areas where you're disassociating from your body, or disconnecting from like receiving, or defending against anything, or denying? You know, like, can you start to look at your life and see? Where is that occurring in your life? And we'll be back. You're listening to Love Life and All Things Weird. Bye for now. Most people live in the land of either or. It's a scary and meager place where one can have either a happy relationship or a successful career. Where we can have either lots of time and no money or lots of money and no time to spend it. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to claim your most ridiculous life. Together, they are the embodiment of opposites attract, and the result is true synergistic power. Finding yourself roadside in either or? Megan and Suzanne are here to reintroduce you to one very powerful three-letter word. And. Simple? Yes. Effective? Absolutely. Welcome to the land of and. Listen to Love, Life, and All Things Weird every Wednesday at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm.
What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? Love, life, and all things weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736 or Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also send questions or comments by sending an email to Suzanne P. Stoffer at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody, to Love Life and All Things Weird. We're talking about going from the wounded child to the magical creator. And I think this is such a relevant topic for um, so many of us that have been in this conversation of healing the inner child, you know, healing those, um, the abuse and the woundedness that um, has occurred so that we can really step back into the magic that we've always been. And so thanks for tuning in again as we're talking about, you know, the four D's of the the cage of abuse, of disassociation, disconnection, defending, and denying. And um, I think we have a caller. Becky is on the line, so we'd love to take, we'd love to talk to Becky. Hello. Hello, hello. I'm moving to a quieter space. Hang on. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks for sending out that reminder, Megan. I love it when yeah. I get those little reminders and then I get right on the call. Sometimes I get <laughs> You're welcome. And You're miss welcome. The call. <laughs> uh, holy smokes. Well, actually, let me tell you a little story before I ask you my question. Is that okay? Yeah. I um I love listening to the the podcasts or the replays, you know. Mhm. And I'll uh load them up on my phone when I go for a walk or whatever. And I um so the other day I loaded up uh an old call from the spring or yeah, early, early spring. Anyways, I was listening to the call and I thought, oh yeah, this sounds familiar. I've heard this call before. And um, 
all of a sudden, there I was on the call. (laughs) (laughs) I was listening to myself ask uh, a question, and uh, I could not... I could not any longer relate to what I was saying on that call. Wow. It was so interesting because, yeah, so much change has happened for me that I I just couldn't relate to. And I was, you know, saying stuff like, yeah, I get this. I I do this all the time. And I thought, I do? (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't get this. So that was really cool. Yay. That's fantastic. So you thought, yep. why not call again and have this be ancient history? Whatever it is. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, this is like <laughs> this is like bringing up so much stuff for me. I can mm-hmm. see that I do all of these things like every single day. <laughs> and what I I do, I think is I spend, like, all day looking for evidence of somehow I'm being abused by somebody else. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I even get, like, way crazy in the way that I'm looking and always just suspicious like that, waiting for the other shoe to drop maybe, but really, okay, what's over here, what's over there, and what did they do, and what did they say, and... How can I find that out? And just, oh man, holy smoke! Can you help me? (laughs) Can you help me? So, okay, beautiful. There's no hope. I'm so sorry, Becky. Just kidding. Just kidding. Thank you for this question because it is what. It's a PTSD response to abuse because what happens in the in the survival part of the brain, uh, once we've been abused, puts us on high alert. And so it's always scanning the perimeter, so to speak, for any problems. Like a lot of people that I've worked with that have like um, PTSD from wars and stuff, when they go into restaurants, they have to sit against a wall where they can see the whole restaurant. Right, because they're constantly scanning every every environment for something to go wrong or some kind of um, something that might occur. So it's like it, 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 you're talking about a version of that. I know it's a little bit different because you're looking to see for looking for evidence of where they have abused you, but it is the same thing. It's scanning the perimeter, right, for um, possible problems, and so. What I would suggest is us just right now doing a little bit of clearing around it so that your body can your body can begin to release it. And I just feel to um, invite you to, to take a couple of deep breaths like um, in your nose and then out your mouth like a pa, like some deep breaths in and out because what that <sighs> has going on is a program, literally a tape that's been running in her body and there's a whole like line of circuitry that keeps this going and we all have some version of this guys um it may be to smaller or lesser st- degrees like for some people like they count the squares on the sidewalk when they walk it's a, it's a similar form of this so um so everywhere that you are seeking the proof and evidence of the abuse of the constant abuse you feel like you're deserving can we uncreate and destroy that place Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pop, pop, all nine boys, shorts, and beyonds. 
I'm wondering if somebody can pick up that what that phrase. It just kind of came through me, and I don't remember what it was. So if somebody, I will probably say another clearing in some form of that language again. So um, what evidentiary contrivances are you using to keep the cage of abuse you are choosing? Everything that is times a godzillion, can we uncreate and destroy it, please? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pod, pock, all nine boys, shorts, and beyond. What evidentiary contrivances are you using as evidence of the cage of abuse you continually choosing? Can we uncreate and destroy that, please? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot, pock, all my boys, shorts, and beyond. So let me check in with and you, Becky. How's that feeling? Go ahead. Add whatever you want. Well, I was going to say what energy, space, and consciousness can you and your body be to generate and create and institute a reality that's beyond disassociation and disconnection and defense and denial with total ease and anything that doesn't allow for that can we uncreate and destroy that please yes, yes. <laughs> right and wrong good and bad pot and pock all nine shorts boys and beyonds so it's almost like when I so I'll look and look and look and I'll find something and I'll have this response in my body right where everything gets tight and all the you know the energy rushes all up and through and and I'll be like yeah that's it I found it and then three days later I'll see this exact same thing or or I'll come to realize that what I found was actually just really nothing (laughs) and so it's almost like that in that response that response in my body and and that energy that comes through Maybe it's even like I need it. And so my mind makes whatever I find fit the bill or be what I need in order to have that, I don't know, rush. Or it's like an addiction Mm -hmm. maybe or even, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Okay, so here, this is a lot of people aren't going to like this, but... Because a lot of people, they want to stay in the victim position with their abuse, right? They don't actually are ready to take accountability and choose something different. And so your awareness, like, oh, man, I need to feel abused, right? That's actually what keeps the cage in place for most of us. And the reason is, is that we confuse it with aliveness. Because in in a lot of cases, and I, and I suspect this is true for you, Becky, is that um, the only attention we got, when we got attention, it was abusive. So it was like we, as human beings, attention, energetic attention is part of how we develop and our, like, um, how we get along in life. We need energy and attention more than we need food and water, actually. So when the energy and attention that's coming to us is mostly abusive, we connect that with life. Oh, to live, I must be abused. I need to be abused if I'm going to live. So everything that's bringing up and letting down for everybody, can we uncreate and destroy it, please? Yes. Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot, pock, all night, boys, shorts, and beyond. What invention are you using to create the need of abuse are you choosing? Mm-hmm. Everything that is types of godzillion, can we uncreate and destroy it, please? Yes. Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot, pock, all night, boys, shorts, and beyond. 
what invention are you using to invoke and perpetrate the need for abuse as life and living are you choosing? Everything that brings up and lets down. Let's uncreate and destroy it, please. Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot, pot, all boys, shorts, and beyond. Whew. Thank you. Thank you for this is like, <laughs> this is moving tons of energy mm-hmm. for people listening and for future people listening. This is really big, you guys, because there's a way that we sort of um, seek out abusive environment situations and people to keep the abuse going because we've confused that for aliveness. And that's the addictive part of it is that if, if we think that we need that to stay alive, the survival system will sneak it out constantly, right? And that's why it feels like addictive in nature. It's actually not addictive. It's just you have galumped abuse with aliveness. So everywhere you've misidentified and misapplied, abuse is aliveness and aliveness is abuse. Can we uncreate and destroy that, please? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot, pock, all nine boys, shorts, and beyond. And everywhere you've galumped um, aliveness with abuse, where you've smushed it together and you don't know the difference between the two, can we uncreate and destroy that, please? Yes. Good. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot, pock, all nine boys, shorts, and beyond. So that clearing that I just did, what invention are you using to invoke and perpetrate the need for abuse as life and living are you choosing? I would put that on a loop. I would put that on a loop and play it as you sleep. Play it as much as you can. Or even just take this radio show, the podcast of it, and put it on really low, like almost to where you can't hear the words, and listen and let it play while you sleep at night. Like keep these clearings going because that's why I had you breathe is because, like you said, it's kind of in your body. It's kind of this repeating pattern or this tape that's running in your body. And so um, it's going to take probably a few rounds of listening to this and allowing it to process through to kind of undo it all the way. But how are you feeling now? Do you feel lighter? Oh, I'm having a very big emotional response, yeah. (laughs) And what is Mm. the emotion that's coming through? Tears are dripping from my eyes. Mm -hmm. I would call this emotion... Well, I think I would call it relief, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Are you outside, Becky? No, I'm at the gym. Okay. <laughs> of course, you're at the gym again. This is beautiful. <laughs> I will talk to you at the gym. <laughs> beautiful. So, would you be willing to ask the Earth for a contribution? Like, anything, all the equipment around you the sun outside, the earth outside, to actually contribute to your body, to contribute to your body to releasing and letting go? I would. Awesome. And just taking some nice deep breaths, and it's actually perfect that you're at the gym so that your body can continue to release. And and one other tool that I would give you just while you're working out is just, hey, body, what's beyond this? Hey, body, what's beyond this? And just keep talking to your body and and asking it what is beyond this. Mm. Okay. Suzanne, do you have anything to add? 
No, I can feel her body releasing that. It's really, it's really beautiful. I would just say, stay in that space. Like, what if this was easier to release and let go of than you ever imagined possible? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. You're willing to allow that as a possibility, because we have these um, conclusions um, and decisions and judgments about what it means to, you know, clear abuse. And because we were really abused as kids means that we're going to be, you know, dealing with it our whole lives. And um, and that's definitely been something that I've really, you know, looked at for myself. Like, am I actually really willing to let it go and have it be easeful and um, have it come out of my body um and be just be done with it for for good is that a possibility that i'm actually willing to really receive and um because it's almost like a badge you know and like this thing of like oh well i experienced this much abuse and so therefore it's going to take me my whole life or whatever it's going to take a long time to clear this or i'm going to be dealing yeah. with this forever and so that's kind of um, what I've been considering is what if it was way easier than I've made it be? And is there a way that, um, you know, my body wants to actually let go of all of that? And my points of view about how hard it will be has been limiting that, you know? So um, all of the projections, expectations, separations, judgments, rejections, and conclusions and computations that we all have about our stories of abuse and about our willingness to actually allow um, it to trickle out of our bodies and out of our systems and out of our filters and out of our points of view with total ease. Can we uncreate and destroy all of that, please? Yes. yes. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shirts, boys and beyonds. So just allow so, that to come through you, Becky. So while you were talking there, I actually had not exactly sure which word you said, but I actually had a real fear response Mm -hmm. where I thought, if I don't continue then to protect myself well, Mm -hmm. if I don't continue to stay on that high alert, Mm -hmm. what horrible things are going to happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we hold on to all those stories. We hold on to the abuse in our bodies as somehow a protection um for so that we so that it doesn't ever happen to us again so we're holding the very thing in our bodies that we're actually wanting to let go of for fear that somehow that's going to mean that we're vulnerable and open to more abuse happening when in reality we're perpetrating that abuse on ourselves every day by keeping it so close to us so everywhere that we have been keeping our abuse in our back pockets so that we can somehow protect against further abuse from outside of us. When in actuality we're perpetrating all of that upon ourselves, can we uncreate and destroy all of that, please? Yes. 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 Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Because what if your awareness, what if your intuition was the thing that could protect you, so to speak, from any other abuse occurring in your world. 
what if your knowing, what if your intuition, and what if your awareness was the the most amazing and powerful tool that you could um, that you could have, so that you wouldn't even put yourself in these situations, but at the same time you could really let go of all of that abuse in you. Like, what kind of life could you have? What kind of joy or happiness? Or ease could you experience on a day-to-day basis if you were that if you trusted yourself and your intuition and your awareness that much? Yeah, that would be good. Mm-hmm. That's all we. That's really what's required. It's not about protecting against. It's about stepping up and opening up our awareness so that we have such an incredible tool and trusting in our own self and in the universe, that the universe has our back, that we have our back, and that we don't need to stay protected or build walls or keep those, that abuse close um, to try to prevent anything from happening. <sighs> yeah. Cool. Thanks for calling, Becky. Thanks, ladies. You're welcome. And I want to thank Becky. I mean, there's our chat room is blowing up with thanks mm-hmm. and gratitude. And actually, all the people that are releasing and clearing from your willingness to be vulnerable and to take that next step towards freedom. So I just, I just want you to know that when you call in, that you're a huge contribution, and your willingness and your vulnerability is such a gift, Becky. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Bye for now. Bye for now. Ooh, so we have another caller on online and I and I'd like to get to this caller and um I'd like to just say a few things uh about uh because we talked about moving to the magical creator. And I want to say a couple mm-hmm. of things about that. I want to make sure to not uh, forget that and um, to once again um, really, really highly recommend people coming to the Roar class. I mean, there's there's tools in there. There's clearings in that class that will blow you away. It will open mm-hmm. the space of, of being the creator of your life and being the mm-hmm. aliveness in your life. So one of the the that one of the keys is owning our magic. That's one of the biggest reasons that Suzanne and I have been all about the magic. Well, that's the mm-hmm. whole reason for Unveil Your Magic. We have magic school coming up. It By claiming your magical capacities, it, it by its very nature, it uproots and moves us through that abuse energy because the magical capacities are sitting underneath those those wrongnesses and those abuse places. And so by seeking out those capacities and those abilities that we came here with to make a contribution to this earth with, um, it is the key. It is the key to healing, and it is the key to moving beyond this invisible cage of abuse. And I don't know if there's something that you want to tag team on that before we take our, our last caller for today, hon. Yeah, we'll be talking more about magic and magic school, and it starts September 26th, and the link will be, um, it's in the chat room, and it'll be on Weird on the Air, 
Um, so check out Magic School, and we'll be talking about it more. Um, but yes, I would say that you know, as for me, as I've healed my abuse and let go of all of that in my body and in my everyday. Um, the more I do that, the more that it uncovers the magic that I truly be and the talents and capacities that were covered up by, you know, me um, feeling and experiencing being a victim. And so, you know, I love the, the title for this show because it really is about moving beyond that wounded child and really stepping into the pure magic um, that has always been available for us. So, um so check out Magic School, and we'll be talking about it more. And um, we'll, we only have about five minutes, but do we think, Shopti, um, Shopti, are you there? Do you think we can do this in five minutes or less? <laughs> of course. <laughs> get your Yay! laser hat. Let's get our laser hat on. Ready, set, go. Um, go. The whole concept, I, I asked if there was a difference between the wounded child and being a victim. And you asked mm-hmm. if, there, if I could if I could tell a difference. And one, the the wounded ch- child felt lighter, and the victim mm-hmm. felt heavier. So as Becky talked, and what a contribution that was, I could perceive how I created the energy of being a victim. Like I feel like I've gone beyond the abuse, and at the same time, when I get put into stressful situations. I wonder how much of the healing has completely, you know, how much healing really is there or if it's me creating a way to stay in victim. And when you talked about going into the magic and creating from awareness and that stuff, I could see how that would assist you through it if you were in a stressful situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious to um, what your point of view of the two, of being the difference between a wounded child and a victim because one feels like you, perp- I mean, it does feel like it was, the victim energy feels like you perpetrated onto yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas the wounded child feels like it was put upon you. Like there, there's an innocence there. What would you say, babe? Well, the way that I see it, something that Gary Douglas talks about is that when we were beings choosing bodies and kind of choosing how we were going to play down here, that we basically knew the context at least, if not the specifics, of about the first 15 to 16 years of our life. So there is a place where um, energetically our being chose certain things for certain uh, for certain progressions. Um, abuse is one of the fastest way to open up psychic abilities. Abuse is one of the fastest way to open up empathy. Um, so a lot of us chose paths that included abuse so that we would open these capacities sooner and um, and or to stop abuse in certain family lines or, you know, to right. be kind of that person that comes in and stops it. So there is a, there is a, the being chose that, right? The child, so there's no victims. The being chose environments where, that would probably have played out. But the child, the three-year-old, the two-year-old didn't go, oh, gosh, sure hope I get the shit kicked out of me today. Like the the two-year-old, the the embodied two-year-old doesn't really choose that, right? And so there's this place where the child self, there are like these wounds because we have been violated, right? But the being knew and chose that. So there are no victims, 
but there is wounds. Um, and part of healing those wounds is about opening up the magical creator, the process mm-hmm. of healing. Why we're all like doing this work is truthfully, in my opinion, is to get to the magical creator. Because we know that's what we're designed for. We know that's what we're here for, to open up all those capacities and create what we're capable of creating. And so the process of healing the wounded child actually opens the magical creator. So that's the that's the difference of how I see it. Mm-hmm. That was really helpful. I Yeah, I made a vow at 17 that I was going to do whatever it took to end the generational abuse no matter what. I mean I was really clear. Like that was that was my drive for the last thirty one years. Yeah, I would say that that's my you know, that that was mine too, Shakti, when I first became a mother. I was gonna stop the generational physical abuse that happened in my family line. And so how often, you know, what I have often um the knowing that I've had is that, you know, I chose the abuse that, so that I could be um, the key to unlocking it. And um, and sometimes it is about going through it so that you know actually how to clear it and open it up for, you know, your generational line, but also for um, the people that you're going to help with, um, you know, help to heal this um, on the planet. So how many of us are actually keys to eradicating abuse and that's partly why we chose what we chose so when you when you t- when you take a look from that bigger vision it it helps to be able to see you know the what is good about it what what is right about it and what we can create in our world um by our being choosing this um and it's a process you know, from moving from that feeling of being a victim to um, to the place of em- empowered, magical creator. And everybody is on their own journey with that. And wherever you are is perfect. So, um, so you know, that I think that's the, the gift in this conversation and the gift in, um, in being able to see the bigger picture. So thank you, Shakti, for coming um, for coming on and talking about that. We really appreciate it. And I'd like you're to welcome. hop in really quick and say that I'm going to put a post in Weird on Air. So if you're not in our Facebook group connected to the show Weird on Air, just hop on and ask to be invited. I'm going to put a clearing loop that I did with Becky as well as the links to Magic School and Roar uh, in mm-hmm. Weird on Air. Weird on the Air with Megan and Suzanne. Join us there for the after party. All right, yeah. everybody. Thank you See for you calling, Shakti. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. Megan and Suzanne will be back next Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. Be sure to tune in for more tips on how to live in the land of and and claim your marvelous, magical life. 